I'll bite. What's got you down? Well, shh. Oh, right, right, right. Well, I lost my job. If I'm 34 years old. Wow. What do you mean, wow? It's 34 old? Look, the job was the only radio station in town. What's a radio? What's a radio? What? I'm a sound engineer. Can't you... I don't know. What do sound engineers do? Well, today, they get up out of bed at 11 a.m. and go to a library. In their sweatpants. I know. Do you know why some of these newspaper articles would be redacted? Do I look like I work here? Wait, you don't work here? You want my sob story? Yeah. I got kicked out of school. Oof. I got kicked out of the house. Ooh. I'm 17 years old. Wow. And while the rest of my friends coast their way through senior year, I got shipped off to live with granddaddy and grandma because my parents couldn't hang anymore. I'm so sorry to hear that. Why are you spending your time in the library? My grandfather's the head librarian. He's keeping an eye on me. I see. I've never been so bored. I can imagine. Speak of the devil. Sure. Put them on my desk and I'll take a look. Ah, there you are. Here I am. Hey. Hello. Charles Legmont, Chief Librarian. Pleasure to meet you, Charles. Are you going to ask him your- Right, yeah, I have a question for you. So, I'm doing some historical research, and I'm wondering why some of these papers have been redacted. Oh? Like this one. I'm looking into the subway collapse from the 80s. The subway collapse? I'm out of here. Yeah, look at this article. Specifics around the subway collapse remain murky. Everything but the first paragraph's redacted. And may I ask, why you're looking into the subway collapse? <sighs> well... In my last job, I worked on top of what I believe to be the site of the old construction project, or at least the subway station they were building. Interesting. My grandfather was lost in the accident, and I guess I feel a connection to the story now? I understand, Master. Paul, was it? Yeah. Well, from time to time, the city of Automation Town will censor certain information if they deem it isn't in the public's best interest. Automation Town redacted this information? As I said, Master Paul, from time to time they will redact certain sensitive information. Articles, images, books. Books. If I may ask, Paul, what is your interest in this tragedy? Really? I don't know. I guess if I can put the pieces together it'd give me a sense of closure or resolution. With respect, Master Paul, perhaps what you're looking for can't be found here. Growing up, I went to school with a boy from a family of great means. He was a nice enough boy, but he was deceptive as they come. One day, he took a younger boy around the back of the school and beat him senseless. He told the young boy if he ever uttered a word of it to anyone, it would be his last. What? Why would he do that? I asked him, why pick on a boy half your size? He told me the boy threatened his little sister. I asked him why not simply tell the truth about what happened. And he said the truth would just get in the way. The boy's family was the pride of the city, highly respected. 
and the boy himself went on to great success. But he got away with it. A wise man once told me, the truth is really pure and never simple. Perhaps, Master Paul, the resolution you're looking for wasn't meant to be found in the first place. This week on Automation Town, we're talking about secrets. How can you keep your messages away from prying eyes, emails away from those who mean you harm, and workplace memes out of reach of the all-seeing eye of your employer? It's how to keep a secret on the season finale of Automation Town. It's days like these that I love my job. This community pool will enable access to over 500 children in Northeast Automation Town. And it's such a great example of the community coming together to make our town better. And let's be real, the mayor needed the positive PR. You're not wrong. So without further ado, I declare this pool open. Great job, everyone. The scissors really are big. They are, they're great. Okay, she's on the move. Heading over to the right, let's go catch her. Excuse me. Excuse me. Sorry. Excuse me. Sorry. Sorry. Pardon me. Excuse me. Out. Sorry. 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 Can you slip through here? Thank you. Step aside, please. Mayor Goodway. Mayor Goodway. Ah, if it isn't the automation show, boys. Do you have a moment to talk about the water incident? We've shared all the information we have at this time. But how can we make sure it doesn't happen again? Not to worry. Our team is working on it. Ugh. She doesn't want to talk. Who were those masked police we saw that day? Need I remind you, you agreed that what you saw that day would never be spoken of again. What happened, happened. It's in the past now. Besides, you two are doing great work on Automation Show. That's it? Well, I think that's all we're going to get from her on the matter, Chad. Is Paul still at the library? Yep. Let's go debrief. Hey! Oh! Hey, guys! Oh. Quick follow-up on that question from the other day. Hey, Gil, we're really in the so middle of... So I've got Lilo working. Live flow. Pulling in multiple companies. It's great. Okay, Gil. But what I got to thinking is maybe I could use Live flow to give people access to data from my QuickBooks file without giving them access to the QuickBooks file itself. That's actually a pretty good idea. Yeah, because I think QuickBooks will limit your number of users. And then I can control what data they see and don't see rather than just letting them into the QuickBooks file. So you're using Live flow to pull QuickBooks data out to Google Sheets, but just the data you want the person to see, and then you share the Google Sheet with them. Yeah, share the Google Sheet with my team member, the banker, my consultant. They live in that Google Sheet, and you don't have to give them access to QuickBooks. Yeah, keeps the number of users down in QuickBooks and keeps more of my info private. Gil, I'm gonna hand it to you. That's actually a great use case for LiveFlow. Well done. <laughs> Coming for your jobs, boys! <laughs> Better watch out! See you, Gil. See you, Gil. Automation show! Boy, that guy. That guy.
Here he is. Shh. Sorry. 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 Hey, Paul. Hey, guys. Quite the spread. You're just missing the red strings to tie it all together. Oh. There's so much I need to fill you guys in on. Give it to us. So, I told you how it worked out that where the Gromley Center stands today used to be the site of a subway station. Until that subway collapse put the project to a halt. Right. There was a collapse in the tunnels. People died. My grandfather was one of them. And the project was abandoned. But they never really got to the bottom of what happened. And to be honest, it doesn't really make sense why they abandoned the project altogether. It looks like you're digging through old newspapers. At the time, the government officials chalked it up to a new automated tunneling process. You set these machines up. They had this ability to self-regulate, and presumably they could do the work of 20-plus people. Or so they thought. That's what they're claiming. They thought it was a failure of the system. Now, articles continue to be written about how and why this happened, but it seems like the explanation was never enough for people. To be fair, it isn't unusual for this to be the case in tragedies like this. There's always conspiracy theorists. Sure, but... Here's where it gets weird. Almost all the commentary on the tunnel collapse has been redacted. Redacted? The newspaper's redacted? By who? So I talked to the chief librarian, Charles. He said the city will censor information from time to time. The city? You mean Automation Town? That's what he said. Automation Town will censor information. Why would they need to do that? This librarian sort of indicated that I shouldn't take matters further. Like, the people who've censored this information won't take kindly to being pressed about the issue. Surely there's a straightforward explanation here? Maybe the redactions were... factual? They published bad information and that's why those records have been redacted? I've seen redactions on articles up to the mid-90s about the collapse. Why would they be redacting misinformation ten years down the line? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Should we... Yeah, Paul, we have some information you should know about Wait. what happened the day of the water incident. What? Mayor Goodway pulled us in to help, and we saw some things. Saw some things? Still looking for your building, are you? Something like that. Okay, the dates are there, but it all kicked off. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Of all the places to spend a day, the library. I don't know. Pops? Yes, my love. You told me to let you know if Captain Sweatpants was still digging into the subway thing. Yes. He's still at it. Talking through it with his friends now. Thank you, love. I'll have a word. She's taking us down this hallway with these creepy police flanking her on either side. Whoa. And we go by this room. Massive room. Tons of people inside, maybe hundreds. Got a computer in sight. Doing Lord knows what. Gentlemen. Uh, hey, Charles. These are my friends, Chad and Jason. Lovely to meet you both. Might I pull you into one of our rooms to give you a bit more privacy? Oh, that, no, that, thanks, Charles, but that's not that's not necessary. Like We're totally no, fine that's, in here. That's fine. Sure, Charles. Thank you. Uh, okay, let me, let me grab my stuff. Right this way. Let me know if you need anything. Thank you, love. You got it.
Wow. Wow. That is wild. But I still keep thinking about that massive room. Like, Not to be insensitive, but we've got a broadcast to do. Won't be the same without you, Paul. One more thing. This note was on my desk. Which one of you did this? Wasn't me. Yeah, it wasn't me. It references the subway. It doesn't really make sense, but you guys are the only ones I told about that. Sorry, Paul. Keep us posted on what you learn. See ya, Paul. Bye, guys. Hello. Hey. Hi, guys. You're early. Yeah, we figured it was worth getting in early in case we needed to work through any logistics. Do you think Paul still has his motion sensor notifications on? My system's collapsing. Fault. Door. Oops. Automation tab. Knowing him, he'll leave it on indefinitely. Well, I appreciate you being so thoughtful. Why don't you take a seat? I'm actually still working through a few things, and I'll give you a shout when I'm ready. It's a big book. It really is. And it's not the only big book. Good grief. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> Thanks. I'll give you a shout in a few. Boy, how about Paul? That guy's head is spinning right now. My head's spinning right now. Well, we know the machine room had something to do with a subway station. So we kind of figured one thing out. Super odd about the redactions, though. Yeah, Automation Town redacting things? Like, why would they do that? It does make you think about the government's ability to see the things we do. Big Brother stuff. Yeah, like really any kind of authority. From employers spying on employees, governments being able to access our messages, emails. I feel like it's gotten a little harder to keep secrets these days. Unless, of course, you're the government. Then you just get to decide what goes on record. Yeah, I guess so. You think about that much? Encrypted messaging? Encrypted emails? I do. I, th I think about it a lot in the business context. We're really careful about how we send things. I would like to be more mindful of it on the personal context. But honestly, the biggest barrier to switching is all of the people I message with and what service they're using on the other side. If I want to move to something else or something more secure than SMS, I got to get all the other people to move too. <laughs> Have you uh, convinced any of them to move off of text and onto something else? I haven't even tried because I just don't want to have to climb that hill. But I mean, I would let like if you asked me today, would you rather use an encrypted messaging system? Like, well, of course, absolutely. <laughs> the trick is just not to have a lot of friends or just really techie ones. Oh, I'm doing that right. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I've more meant like my mom and my grandma. Well, I mean, the encrypted information that you'd be sharing with your grandma and your mom probably wouldn't be as, as, as a need for being encrypted as it is with your friends. You don't think I share sensitive information with my grandma? <laughs> no. Grandma, here's but... the launch codes. Keep these safe. <laughs> it's funny. So... You'll never guess this, but like I'm a little paranoid about messaging. Oh, my wife and I, uh, for the last few, like little while, we like we got into these like secure messaging apps. Like we 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 saw what was happening with WhatsApp in all of their privacy uh, penalties in Europe, where they you know were sharing all their like their messages back and forth with Facebook. Right, and it got us a little bit worried. So we ended up using this tool called. Threema, which is kind of like encrypted messaging, like that open source one called Signal. Okay. But 
uh, it sits on your phone and you can only have it on one device and you can't have it on multiple ones. Huh. So we have it on our phones. Our, our daughter has it on her iPad and that's how the three of us message each other. Like not through Instagram, not through text or iMessage, uh, just like straight through this like super secure thing that doesn't require you to give up any information about yourself whatsoever to use it. Interesting. And you just use that between the three of you. That's it. There's only three contacts, me, my daughter and my wife. And then we have a group chat. So every day there's just stuff being sent back and forth there. Like, I don't know, like why, why would we need something like that? I don't know. I, there's almost like this, like <laughs> in a really weird way, just like maybe we feel cool using it. Almost like we're like super spies. It's like a new age tin can with a string sort of setup. <laughs> We were sharing grocery yeah, lists right. today with it. Like, <laughs> like this, isn't, this is not top secret stuff. So the big context where this stuff comes up, I think everybody wants more personal privacy. Maybe the hardest part of that is, is getting everybody onto the thing so that they can message back and forth in a more secure way. Thinking more about the business contexts. Emails, obviously. Let's start there. So sending email attachments securely. Your regular old vanilla emails fundamentally not secure. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to see that there's some progression with email security coming up. I mean, if you've got a, a really like, like a paid Google account, you can increase your security and encryption if the other side is also using that protocol. Um, don't need to get into it. Both sides have to use that? If they use that protocol, it's called like S-MIME, S slash M-I-M-E. And if both enterprises are using it, then it's like super secure. But Google introduced this thing for like free plans and like everyday Google users called Gmail confidential mode. Hmm. And you can set, you know, expiring messages. You can send SMS codes to read the email, expire whenever you want it to. People can't copy it or print it or forward it. They can just read it. So like, it's nice to see like the accessibility available to everyone that's using Gmail to do that. But it's like Gmail to Gmail. Yeah, historically, you've needed like a third-party app. You've needed some additional thing. And so especially for personal stuff, people generally aren't going to do that. We talked about this a bit with the security of sending videos around. I think it was the last show we did. My top tip for that was like, go back and delete anything older than 30 days. I think in general, our messaging ought to become more ephemeral. There's certain things maybe you want to hold on to indefinitely, but email by default has become this file cabinet. Mm -hmm. Whereas maybe when you send that message, it would be great if you could say, by default, it's going to self-destruct in 30 days unless you change this or that option. Let's turn this back to work. I mean, that that's not uncommon for people on Teams or Slack to have messages that are deleted yeah. after a certain number of days. I have channels with people where it's deleted like after 24 hours, like there's just no need to have anything else. It also brings up that idea of like, well, who's watching me in Slack? Yeah. We started this off by saying, you know, oh, we're a little bit worried about like who can see what we're doing and like Slack's no different. But if you get really into it, we don't have to go too far. If an employer really wants to see somebody's Slack messages, they have a way to request that through Slack if they're an owner or an admin. And they can prove that there is legal grounds for it or that they have permission from the person. And it's not as easy as, hey, I'm an admin, I'm gonna go open up you know, all of my employees' messages. It's, it's not that at all. You really do have to go through 
the official channels in order to to get those legally, which which is not quite easy. But here's the thing: as long as you have control over their email domain, aren't you able to commandeer access to just about anything that they use with a password reset? Absolutely, you could change their password, access something, and then, depending on if they're still there or not, they would either not have access to it, or you'd have full access to everything that was there. So yeah, it comes back to those message retention policies. What's the saying? Like, don't write down anything at work that you wouldn't feel good being smeared over the front page of, like, the New York Times. I hadn't heard that one specifically, but yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> Sounds like a really boring newspaper. <laughs> um, yeah, but either way, like, Slack has that component. Microsoft has their own sort of e-discovery stuff to get stuff for legal purposes. But this comes back to, like, just being good citizens when it comes to messaging and, and communicating at work. Maybe don't dish on people uh, through your Slack or your Teams if, <laughs> if you know something is going to go down a little bit later. So if there's some low-hanging fruit, like what's the easiest, lowest lift way to improve upon this? You brought up how you use a different app with your family, and we have this mental barrier of having too many apps to navigate, and that's not as big of a deal as it once was. So like... I probably send 90% of my messages to two or three people. And if I just told, like you said, my wife, hey, let's get on Signal, something that's just more secure. Mm -hmm. Or those two or three people, like, hey, what if we just use this app? Is it that big a deal that you're going to use that other app for those few people? Probably not. So like, kind of like how we talk about with data management, don't give a thing more data than you need to. There isn't really any harm in, you know, how do you get 80% of those things to a different place? Because that's still a win on 80% of your messaging. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just having that conversation with a person or two to say, hey, let's use this other system instead, even though it is one more system. Nobody likes that. The reality on mobile is like, that's not that much of an inconvenience anymore. No, and if you do it right in a business setting, you almost look better. So if you think about the world that we live in, it's highly confidential tax information and personal information. Whenever we need something like that, we use a company called NoteShred. And NoteShred has an API. NoteShred has a UI that you can log into and send requests to. And it's an expiring message. Hmm. It gets sent over. People get a code. They put their code in. They enter in their banking password or their documents or just anything super, super secure that needs to be sent over. We open it once. It can never be opened again. And, it, and it's fully encrypted end to end. Yeah. That makes us look a lot better. And we actually feel safer that we're not sending that kind of stuff over email. Before we totally leave Slack and Teams, a wrinkle there is more and more we're starting to work with our clients in those systems. And so something we've looked at is now there are ways to send like exactly what you were just explaining, that type of message inside of Slack or inside of Teams. It's one thing to bounce files around and all that stuff internally, but if you're interfacing with other people's workspaces and delivering that stuff back and forth, I kind of just raised the bar on that because it's somebody else's data, it's not my own. Worth checking out those same things, even just for team chat messaging. Yeah, just remember, like if you're using Slack Connect, admins on both sides will now have access to that information through whatever means necessary. It's not just you yeah. holding onto that data anymore. It's, it's both. And it may not be the people that you want to have access to that information inside of your org. Anything I can get you, honey? Oh. No, thank you very much you've been poring over these newspapers for a while thanks yeah i know 
Why, that's today's paper. What's that? October 9th. 1982, but... 30 years from this day. What are the odds of that? Wait, wait a minute. Where is that letter? All right, boys, two minutes. This feels different. I know, without Paul. I miss him. I'm kind of bummed. Should we have stood up for him more than we did? Is there something we could have done? I mean, she's Buzz's niece. What are we going to do there? Oh, here it is. Okay. To Paul, the unfortunate victim at the center of these events. What? In three, two. Welcome into Automation Show on 104.3 The Buzz. I'm Chad. And I'm Jason. We'll be here for the next hour to answer your questions about all things automation. Let's go to the phones. Gary, you are live. How can we help, Gary? In our own way, I feel we've developed a relationship over the past few months. Like... In another life, we could have played for the same team. Unfortunately, now it's all coming to an end. And for your friends, a rather permanent end. Fitting, isn't it, that on the 30th anniversary of the first time, first time, your family was mixed up in this mess. Your friends will meet a similar demise. My friends will meet a similar demise. The 30 year anniversary of the subway collapse is today. So, as the overture comes to an end, the overture, it's Jake. The note. How did he get this note on my desk? The break-in. As we enter a new chapter, I want to be very clear about your role and what is about to happen, Paul. Your friends' fates were sealed the moment they saw things they should never have seen. But thanks to an unforeseen twist, you have a choice. A choice, either to let what you've learned be buried with the rest of this mess under the Grumley Center, to move on with your life, or to remain a loose end. And I should warn you, the people I work with do not take kindly to loose ends. Grumley Center today. Today, I need to tell Chad and Jason. I think that's why smart home services like, like IFTTT generally have those shorter wait times. Yeah. Just because the nature of what they're doing like needs to be immediate. And Zapier and Make aren't quite that way. What are the wait times on their entry levels here? Of course they're not going to answer. They're broadcasting. I need to go to the Grum. Everything all right, dear? No.
looks like I don't know, Zapier gives you around 15 minutes on their free plan. But if you pay more, you go down to one minute. I pulled up Make here. It says a minimum of one minute, but I guess Make works a little differently, doesn't it? It does. Oh, thank goodness. Wait, who is that? We need to go now. Paul. The mask police are here. The ma- Yeah. From the- Yeah. Where are we gonna go? What do we do? We need to go down to the machine room, everyone. What's happening? Through the door now. Okay. Exactly. They're gonna find us. 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 Oh my gosh. The wheel. The wheel. Jason, we don't know what that does. What else are we gonna do? Spooky door. The door. Spooky door. Come on. Oh, guys. Spooky door. Paul, you've got to turn that down. Come on. I don't know. Are we sure we want to go down there? We don't have a choice. Spooky door. Close it, close it. We need to keep moving. I don't know. You think they'll find us in here? We don't want to hang around here to find out. Just the Grumley Center? <laughs> this has been season two of Automation Town. Automation Town is written and produced by Chad Davis and Jason Statz and edited by Paul O'Mara. <laughs>